How are you feeling? You know what? I've got to stop spending time with these guys because um, I've used up two t-shirts, two socks, two undies, a pair of shorts, and, uh, and uh, if I don't watch it, I'm going to run out. So <laughs> I think I better slow down. <laughs> oh, wow. You went there, did you? <laughs> Uh, it's good to be here. Um, I really appreciated the music again. Uh, it was great to just still ourselves and, and remember who we belong to. Uh, wonderful music uh, that we enjoyed. And, and also good to see the dedication. You know, I'm proud of you guys. And uh, your, your um, kids are very lucky. So, yeah, God bless you. All right, so we're going to be looking at... Um, our first invitation to go deeper. Let's just um, commit our time to the Lord. <sighs> Lord, we come before you. Some of us are tired. Uh, others uh, are sore because they did belly busters in the pool. Um, others are hungry still. And, but we come to you, Lord, just as we are. And uh, you can see us and you know us inside out. Fill us tonight. Teach us, move us, and change us by your Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Um, we invite you to continue to do what you're doing in our lives. I pray for me where I'm weak and where I lack in, in talking. Lord, I know that you will you, you'll just... Um, Continue to do what you do best in spite of me. So I come before you, Lord, and I commit this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're looking at an invitation to go deeper in his word. Oh, no, is that working? Okay, good. Um, we're looking at an invitation to go deeper in his word. I don't know where you are when it comes to God's word. I've got to tell you, when I first started out as a Christian, um, I, I, was, I was floored <laughs> by God's word. I really was. I had a, I had a room at home that um, my brother used to have, and he had the 12 zodiac signs on, on the ceiling, and they were inappropriate pictures of his zodiac signs. And then I moved into the, to the room when I became a Christian. He had left. And I was so, oh, I was so on fire that I took lunch paper. I'm not sure if you have lunch paper these days, the way we had it back in the, in the days when Joe was having lunch. But um, <laughs> it was like paper, white paper, like white paper. And I, I wrote God's word from Romans and Corinthians and from the Psalms and from Isaiah and Jeremiah. I wrote God's word out and I, I began to sellotape it right across my ceiling. And at night I would just look up and I would read God's word. And, and my mum, she blasted me. And I'm thinking, you blast me, but you don't blast him for what he had up there. But she blasted me for, for, for making a mess on her ceiling and, um, but I, I, I was so taken by this book 
and what it had to say for me. And the Bible says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell richly within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. But let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Now, I'm going to say right here up front now that I already know that we have two wonderful people at the back there who have been translating God's word in Cambodia. And they would be the first to come here and say, yes, 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 God's word is so important for our lives. Um, D.L. Moody, the evangelist of the 19th century, said this, it is better to hear God than man. And I believe we're living in a day, this is what Moody continued to say, I believe we're living in a day where the Bible is neglected, although we are living in a land of Bibles. Isn't that true today? That we are so blessed with God's word, and yet so many of the populations of believers, they continue to ignore this book and God's instruction. And when trouble comes, they wonder, why is it I find it so hard in the Christian life? And God says, well, I've been trying to tell you for so long, but you don't want to read my word. You don't want to, to spend time with me and let me just fill your head and your heart with my truths. Um, under the blog title for pointmagazine.org, there was this title, Closed Bibles, the Epidemic of Biblical Illiteracy in the 21st Century. And the author writes this, most households, 9 out of 10, own a Bible. But the, with the average household owning two or three, with the rise of technology, the Bible now exists in numerous translations at our fingertips. Ultimately, we give our time to things that matter most. Isn't it interesting? I said this morning, I think it was this morning, uh, that Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I challenge you tonight, is this a treasure to you? If this book was taken away from your household, would you continue on like nothing else ever happened? Or would you, would you feel a sense that something precious is being taken away from me? Okay, so the Bible was written by over 40 authors and over 1,500 years being inspired and guided by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is the most treasured, tangible gift that God has given us. 39 Old Testament books, 27 new... I've got to say this, you know, I went on to PowerPoint and I was thinking, I've got to find something really cool. But I only found this one and there was only about four of those 
oval things. And I thought, how am I going to fit everything into that? So I decided to do it like that. That's one way to do it. There's many ways to do it. That's one way to do it. So as you can see, the Old Testament law and history from Genesis to Esther, the Old Testament poetry and prophets from Job to Malachi, the Gospels and the New Testament history, Matthew to Acts, and the letters and prophecy, Romans to Revelation. Just one way to see an overview of what the Bible is like. Uh, God used, um, as human writers, he used shepherds. He used judges and priests and kings and prophets and fishermen, farmers and doctors and former religious teachers and prisoners. It was written in Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek and the Bible has been translated in numerous languages, including Cambodia. <laughs> it's available at our fingertips. We have no excuse we now have the NIV, the NLT, the, the NASB, the KGV. The, you can give all the letters. We have those Bibles and those translations or transliterations. And we have it at our fingertips. We have no excuse to make this a priority in our life to go deeper with God. So, um, having said that, how do we go deeper with this word? What are some things I can share with you, amongst many things, what, what are some things I can share with you of how you can go deeper with God's word? And the first thing I want to say is this. We need to position ourselves to hear from him. If you don't position yourself to hear from God, you won't hear from God. You have to place yourself in a position to hear from him. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says this, So the Lord called Samuel, he was only a little boy, the Lord called Samuel again the third time. God had been calling Samuel. Samuel ran to Eli. Eli says, go back to bed, it's not me. God called Samuel again. He runs to Eli. Eli goes, Sammy, go back. So Samuel goes back. And then it says, So the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And Eli says, no, I didn't, Samuel. And Eli realized, hey, God is trying to connect with this boy. And so he tells him, he says, when you go back and you hear him again, you say to him, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And sure enough, Samuel goes down and he lies down and God calls Samuel again. And he says what? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He learned from a boy the importance and the value of positioning yourself to hear the voice of God. For the next few decades, Samuel would not only find his position before God, but he would challenge Israel to do the very same. And unfortunately, Saul messed it up. This bright young man chosen to be king messed it up. And, um, you know, he ended up going to a witch instead of going to God's word. Positioning ourselves before God, it takes humility. I heard that word when we were in our groups. 
One person uh, talked about how God was trying to teach him humility. And if you want to position yourself before God, if we want to, to, to hear from God, well, we're going to have to humble ourselves. And 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and uh, he will exalt you in the proper time. It takes a lot to humble yourself before God and be willing to hear from him, especially, and I'm speaking from my position as a man, especially as a husband. Oh, she was wrong. She didn't listen to me. I, I mean, she doesn't understand. And we struggle with humility, us husbands. Us dads struggle with humility. My girls will be the first ones to say, Amen, Dad, Amen, you know. But it also takes submission. Where we come before God and we submit to him and his word. James says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I think the devil messes us up so much because we fail to submit to God. And yet God says, submit to me. And on the back of submitting to him, we find it not so hard to submit to one another. But we first submit to God. And finally, um, coming before God and positioning ourselves, it demands obedience. Uh, this means nothing if I don't obey what God says to me. And that's one of the most difficult things for human beings that believe in Christ. It's the old nature refuses to obey when God tells you something. 1 Samuel 15, 22, Saul was given instructions and Saul um, said to Samuel, sure, I'll listen to you, Samuel. You, you come and you, and you give the sack. I'll be there. And by the time Samuel, who was delayed, ended up coming, he found that Saul had not carried through with what God wanted him to do. And this is what he said. Has the Lord much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Do you know that, I mean, I want to say this clearly so you don't get the wrong idea. Do you realize that, in fact, if you read Isaiah chapter 1, there's, there's the premise I take it from. But do you realize that, that God is not so much concerned with us coming to church as such as he is for us coming to church and obeying his voice? If all we do is come and tick a box that we're coming to church, Samuel says it's better to obey God than to make all these sacrifices. It's better to obey the voice of the Lord. So positioning yourself before God, then we hear from him. The other thing I wanted to share was this. Be willing to hear what God has to say and not what you want to hear. Did you hear that? Be willing to come before God and hear what he wants to say 
not what you want to hear. Jesus said this in John chapter 7. But when it was now, well, but when it was now in the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple area and he began to teach. The Jews then were astonished, saying, How has this man become learned, uh, not having been educated? <laughs> Sounds silly, eh, when it's God teaching them. So Jesus answered them and he said this, My teaching is not my own, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching. So if you and I are willing to hear what he wants to say, not what we want to hear, we will grow deeper in God's word. He will teach us what he wants to teach us. And we will position ourselves to listen to what he wants to say rather than what we want to hear. Um, I remember, I've, I've told this story in another church and even at youth, I remember years ago growing up, um, uh, I was in this Christ for All, was the name of the church, and um, I was taken back. Please, Kathy, don't hit me when we go back to the bedroom. Um, I was taken back by, by um, one of the girls at church, and oh, I just thought, man, she's awesome. She's so godly. And, and she just captured me. She was the pastor's daughter. Watch out, Joe. Um, and uh, I, I just thought, man. And so I began to pray about it. And I began to make steps to, uh, you know, establish God's will for my life with her, you know. So I was praying about it. I was doing the right things. I was. I was reading God's word. And so I came before God's word, and one day I came across <coughs> 2 Samuel chapter 7. You know, and here I am reading about David and David's desire to build the temple. And David said to Nathan the prophet, you know, he's a godly man. He said to Nathan the prophet, I want to do this for God. I want to build a temple, a house for God. Nathan said to, to David, uh, go ahead, do all that is in your heart because God is with you. And I said, confirmation. You know, God is saying, Mike, flowers, approach her, do all that is in your heart because God is with you. And so I did. I went to the prayer meeting on Wednesday. And, um, you know, I, I listened to the Bible teaching. I prayed with my fellow believers and yes, I had a compartment here that was waiting, hurry up, because I've got to go and see, you know, go see her and approach her. So I did this, um, and I slowly made my way over to her car. I said, hey, can I have a word with you? And uh, she says, yeah. And, and, I, and I just let her know that God had led me to share <laughs> with her this, yeah, I know. And, and so I shared this with her, and she said, oh, Mike, um, yeah, I just don't think that's right. I, th I think I, th I don't want to get in a way with, with what God is doing in your life. So I, I think we should just, you know. And I'm thinking, okay. So I went with my flowers and, and put it in my car. And, and I thought, what went wrong? And then months later, I came across 2 Samuel chapter 7 again. And I went through. And I realized I forgot to read on. <laughs> 
I forgot that context makes a difference when you're making sense of God's word. And I realized, hey, God actually arrested Nathan and says, what are you doing? Go back and tell David this. And it would be Solomon, not David, who uh, builds the house. And I thought, oh, what an idiot. <laughs> you know, it was what I wanted to hear, not what, what God was willing to say to me. You and I want to go deeper in God's word. We've got to be willing to hear what he wants to say. Okay. If we want to get deeper in God's word, we've got to utilize the resources that we have. We're living in a generation. You guys are so spoiled. You go to my house and you'll see in my room books that I've collected over the years. And I don't mind reading. I love books. Uh, and you're thinking, what a waste of money when all we've got, you know, you won't just get on your device and get all the stuff, you know. You've got so many resources to get deeper with God in his word. So many. We've got hundreds of apps. No excuses. We've got thousands of Bible resources on the internet. You have no excuse. We have multitude of opportunities to go to Bible colleges, both here and overseas. Uh, we have hundreds of people that we connect with face-to-face -face that will teach us more about God's word. We have to utilize what we have in front of us if we want to go deeper with God's word. We have no excuse. True? We do. We've got no excuse. We've got so, you know, I'm, I, you know I could get upset here. I'm from a generation back in the 80s where we only had limited resources, you know. The internet wasn't even up and running for us. You're so blessed. Make use of it. Make full use of what God has gifted you with. Also, utilize the opportunities, if you want to go deeper in God's word, utilize the opportunities to share with others what he's taught you. Don't keep it to yourself. People are waiting to hear what God has done in your life. You wonder why uh, some of you, why I've sat down with you and asked for your story? It's because I want to hear what God has done in your life. I want another sermon story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I want to get to know you. No, I want to get to know you and hear what God has done in your life. So share what he's done in your life. When, when was the last time you sat down with someone and shared what God was teaching you from his word? You, you weren't talking about the latest sporting event. You weren't talking about the latest uh, uh, Netflix show or whatever. When was the last time you actually sat down and said, hey, listen, this is what God has been doing in my life. This will get you deeper in God's word. This will get you digging deeper in God's word as you share more with other people. When the Holy Spirit impressed a specific message from God's word that changed something in you, whether he used someone else or whether you read it, when the Holy Spirit impressed upon your heart something that, that changed in you, when was the last time that you passed that on to someone else? When was the last time that you shared that with someone? 
What's holding you back? If something's holding you back, what is it that's holding you back from this great ministry of sharing God's word with other people? What is it that hinders this incredible journey of sharing your faith with other people? The more we share, the deeper we go with God's word. Because the, the more you dig deeper, the more he's going to give you. And the more you, again, give it out. Guard a teachable mindset if you want to go deeper with God's word. Guard a teachable mindset. None of us have arrived. None of us. In fact, to those of you that are younger, I have good news for you and I have great news. The good news is that God's word has an endless supply of biblical treasure for all of us to unearth and mine. That's the good news. The great, uh, the great news is um, that God has created in us the ability to get more from him, to get more and more from him. It really is only us that put a lid on it. God wants to get rid of the lid and bring more and more into our lives. Um, the older I get in Christ, the more I discover, discover that I know less. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, you study more and you, you read so much, but the, more I, the older I get, the more I know less. <laughs> I'm thinking... This, this wealth of, of, of God is just, you cannot exhaust it. So guard a teacher. The moment you and I say, I know it all, or I know enough, that's the moment it dries up for you as a believer when you, to influence other people. We have to have a teachable spirit. The Bible says in Psalm 119.97, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. And uh, the psalmist had a teachable spirit and God filled him. Intentionally apply God's word. This is so important. This is so practical. Um, I, I did this at a church one day um, uh, but I have, uh, can I have a couple of volunteers? A couple of volunteers right up here now. One woman and one man. Yep. Come up here. <laughs> What's your name? Kenny. Kenny, nice to meet you, Kenny. Yep. And where's the woman? Where's the woman? <laughs> Is this? This is my wife. Okay. Stand here in front. Stand here in front. Face each other. <laughs> Beloved, we are gathered here. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, what's your name? Julie. Julie. Julie and Kenny. Okay, so, you know, the book of James is all... It, it, it's the most practical book in the New Testament. You know, 
personal opinion. It's the most practical, it's such a practical book. On one hand, you have someone who uh, James says has a glance at God's word and then forgets. On the other hand, you have someone who has a good long look, takes in what she's read and really, you know. So over here, Kenny is the one who's the glancer that, that James talks about. So I'm going to show you the scripture and then I want you to read to me the, the first two verses. Hold that. First two verses. Okay. There you go. Is that good? Okay. How was that? Yeah. <laughs> that was good? Yep. Good. Okay. You want another read? Okay, here we go. He's the glancer right here. This verse here. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Give him a hand. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you. Okay. And, and, and so you're, you're the one that James talks about that, that has a good look. And, and so we're looking at that first verse there. Oh, okay. What does it say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay. Thank you. Give her a hand. And so she walks away knowing that the Lord is her shepherd. And whenever she's in need, she doesn't have to have that sense that he's not going to meet my needs. Whereas Kenny, Kenny the man, just comes in and has a quick look and then he goes away and he forgets what he was supposed to read. And the book of James says that's what it's like for those of us who don't apply God's word, that we just read it. We just read it. It's like looking in the mirror. That, you guys were the mirror. And um, James says, the person who just has a quick glance and walks away, that person, that person is like a wave that's going to be tossed all over his Christian journey. But the other one who had a good glance and, and took in what she read, she applies God's word. And James says, it's not enough to just read God's word. You have to put it into practice. And if you want to go deeper into God's word, you've got to put it into practice. You've got to look for opportunities. And if you don't look, God will give you opportunities to put his word into practice. Um, I've got to say this little um, example with my daughter, Mia. Um, I was getting all excited about delivering this message at this other church because it resonated with me. And I said, amen, amen. You know, you apply God's word. You don't just read it. And then, um, so I read uh, one morning in my time with God, I read about being a servant. And I said, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be someone who doesn't want to serve people. I want to be someone whose life is open to be a servant. <laughs> so after my reading, I went and had breakfast. And Mia came out, and I walked over towards the pantry to grab something. And Mia goes, Dad, can you grab the thing in the pantry? And I was, immediately I went, what am I, the house slave? <laughs> Get it yourself, Mia. So Mia came over and grabbed whatever she grabbed, grumbling, and... Um, Straight away, the Holy Spirit impressed upon me. <laughs> Did we not discuss about servanthood in, your, in that room? Did we not talk about it? And I realized that I hadn't applied his word. So I only dug this much down. If I had applied his word, I would have dug deeper. And so I apologized to me and asked for her forgiveness. And um, yeah, I won't go any further. Don't just fill your head. Look to fill your heart. Flood your heart. 
If God's word is just read to fill your head and to, to increase your knowledge, we miss the whole reason why he's given us his word. The Bible teaches that um, it's more than just words or, or more than just filling up your head with knowledge. It's supposed to change you. So you flood your heart because um, our, our body follows our heart. Where our heart is, our body will follow. And so if we want to be an effective and influential Christian, we need to fill our heart as well as our head when we come to God's word. There's one more thing that I want to talk about tonight, and it's the obvious. It's the obvious. If you want to dig deeper with God's word, you actually have to make a commitment to pick up his word and read it and say to God, I am going to invest time Time alone with you. Time away from grandma and, and, and cousins and friends and, and pastors, you know, and invest my time with the King of Kings, with the creator of the universe who wants to speak to me. We have to give time and we have to actually take this book and read it. Invest your eyes in this amazing treasure that God has given us. I remember years ago uh, hearing the story about a chair. Now, I, I, I asked Joe, but maybe some, Joe can't remember because he's a bit older. Um, those, those videos that Joe sent of me speaking to you guys because of COVID, did I talk about a chair? <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> so, years ago, I, I came across this amazing story about a couple that were in church. And they, you know, she was very faithful, as, as you know, unfortunately, as statistics would probably show, the wives are a bit more, more passionate about God than the husbands at times. Not all the time, but, you know, at times. And she was very, very committed to God. And she brought her husband who came grumbling. He came grumbling to church. We always used to argue and, and complain about everything. But he was a successful businessman. He was very successful. And he came to church with her just to please her, but he grumbled. And uh, he complained. And the pastor, you know, noticed that he wasn't coming very often. So he asked, Where, where's so-and-so? Oh, he's too busy with his business. In fact, he's, he, he's not interested because he doesn't believe this rubbish in the Bible that you're talking about. He doesn't think it's useful. So the pastor says, well, can I come and see you? So he went and saw the couple and he challenged the husband and says, well, why don't you give it a crack? Why don't you grab a chair in your backyard or wherever you go, why don't you grab a chair and try it? Spend time with God in his word. Try it. Well, this successful but unhappy businessman and grumpy businessman because he had so many people under him that he treated terribly. No one liked him. He decided to take up the chair offer. 
And there he was. And he sat down and he began to read. And it was difficult at first, but he began to read. And then God began to slowly speak to his heart. And he began to spend more time in the chair. And he began to... uh, spend, you know, way more time than his wife even, you know, uh, appreciated. He was fascinated by God's word and this place that he, that he uh, ordained as his space, the chair. Unfortunately, the man was sick and he passed. And the pastor was invited to the funeral. And he sat there, listen, and listening to the service and, and just looking at the casket and remembering the man and, and looking at his wife. And he came up to her, his wife and, and she, she said, I cannot thank you enough for the chair. And he says, why? Because it revolutionized his life. He changed He changed. And throughout the service, one by one, people from his work came up and talked about how this man influenced their life. All because he decided to simply commit himself to the chair. To the chair. And if we want to grow deeper in God's word, We're just going to have to say no to stuff, to people, and say yes to the creator of the universe, even if it's for 10 minutes, even if it's for 15 minutes or half an hour. God is looking to speak to us from his word because he's reaching a generation out there that are lost and it's only the impact of God's word in your life that will impact them. So I challenge you tonight, have you got a chair? Can you say you have a chair where you are? And if you do, praise God for that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We take it for granted so much. We're so busy. Life is so busy. You know, over the last few years in this church, kids have come in in numerous numbers, and they're still coming. And we get so busy with family and kids and life and work and and, and hobbies and interests that, Lord, we, we sometimes forget that you miss us. You want to spend time with us. You want us... to to come before you and you want to hear our voice. You want to whisper to our hearts precious, precious things. You want to warn us. You want to guide us. You want to lead us. You want to thank us. You want to cheer us and you want to build us up. Forgive us for neglecting our cheer at different times in our lives. I pray, Father, that you would just invigorate our hearts and faith and pour your, your, your treasures of your word into our, into our lives in such a way that it will make a difference to the people that we rub shoulders with.
Thank you for your word. Old Testament, New Testament, thank you so much for the richness and the fullness that is in the pages of the book that you have gifted us with. Help us to dig deeper. Help us to go deeper in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.